Hello and welcome to the Built Around You podcast, the podcast dedicated to people um, building, renovating or upgrading their home. Why is building a home so complex and stressful? Why do building projects run over time and budget? Welcome to the podcast Built Around You. Uh, on today's episode, we meet with uh, Sharon Holland, who has renovated her um, her old family home in, in Ladiesbridge in East Cork. Um, Sharon, of course, was on Cheap Irish Homes uh, recently uh, on the um, the renovation feature that uh, that I that I interviewed her on. So um, so no stranger to to um, to the airwaves. Um, Sharon, you're very welcome. Thanks very much, Karen. It's nice to be back chatting to you. Um, so Sharon, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, your family and, uh, and, and your backstory, I suppose. Um, I suppose where to start. Uh, I'm originally from Leash. I uh, came to Cork for college uh, many years ago. I've been in Cork for longer than I was in Leash at this point now. Met Jer and uh, after we got married, moved down to Ladies Bridge. Um, so after we got married, we purchased a house from our parents-in-law. It was actually the bungalow that they had built when they got married. And we lived there for about, I suppose, 13 years there or thereabouts. And um, Jer's parents approached us maybe I'd say at this stage I was trying to think earlier on today about four years ago altogether um, they were doing I suppose a bit of legacy planning and planning for their um, for this stage of their lives and what they wanted what they proposed to us at least was um, that we do house swap uh, whereby they would move back to the bungalow that they had sold us which they built when they originally got married all those years ago and that we would move into the family farmhouse um, and take that on. Uh, so that was about four years ago. Um, I suppose we took a bit of time to think about it and uh, decided that, yeah, actually, there was it was a great opportunity and it would be a great opportunity for our girls as well. So we have three children. I have Kian from a previous relationship. Kian turned 24 today, actually. Right. And then the two girls are 13 and 11. So they keep us very busy. Um, so a nice opportunity for us as a family and I suppose a legacy for the girls as well going forward um, for the next generation. OK, in the so. Family. So it was a it was an unusual setup to yeah, some extent. I mean, like the yeah. one thing in Ireland is that it's the people are looking people with younger families are looking to the future and going, well, look, our family is getting larger and the girls are getting older. We have different needs than we had when we got married or whatever. Yeah. Um, and of course, our parents then are kind of going, look, this house is a bit big for me and it's getting hard to heat. Yes. And what are we going to do? So you're looking to upsize. They're looking to downsize. Yeah. And uh, and he, there was a meeting of minds then and, exactly and, and, and off you went. Yeah, that's exactly it. So tell me a little bit about the house. Um, do you know when the house is built? Now, uh, we've done a bit of research on that. Um, I actually got in contact with a home genealogist, which I never realised existed. It's a new one for me. Um, yeah, a lady based in the UK. And she was very interesting in the sense that she helped me to kind of track back some of the documentation and some of the records to figure out um, a little bit more about the house than we did know. Um, we knew that it was on the first maps, um, the first census maps in Ireland. Um, so we reckon the house itself was built. We can track it back to about to 1822 
definitely, maybe a little earlier than that. The farm buildings then that surround the house may well date back to the 70s, 1770s, apologies. Um, But again, we don't have any documentary evidence. It's more around the style, the positioning of them, things like that, that make us think that the materials and the the craft. Um, So, yeah, 200 years at least of age. Yeah, I suppose yourself and Jura would have been coming at this from kind of slightly different angles. Mm. I mean, the house would have been very precious to Jura. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, yeah. if I'm having lived there himself and if yeah. I'm visiting his grandparents there and back and all that. Whereas you're you're almost the blow in. I yep, suppose, the blow in from, the from up the country, the cuckoo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was there any um, dare I say it? Was there was there a, a, a pure meeting of minds, or was there some heated debates when you when there was thoughts of do, um, knocking down a wall or moving there, a window? Or? God, we'd we'd be partial to an old heated debate, all right at times, like most couples. But there weren't actually very many heated debates in terms of our viewpoint on the house once I suppose we discussed the pros and cons of taking on the house and taking on the property and was that an affordable thing for us to do and you know even things like it it forced us in a way to think about our own legacy in terms of the future because whilst we wanted to take it on we wanted to do it in a way that was affordable and that would allow us to retire at a reasonable age you know this was something we hadn't really spoken Mm. a lot about as a couple Um, and it forced us to have those kinds of conversations but also to think about well if we're going to do this affordably what standard do we want and what compromises are we going to have to make? What are the non-negotiables in terms mm. of things that need to be improved and mm. what can we compromise on and wait to mm. do down the line? So one of the things that we did early on was I literally just sat down with the graph pad. Like my background is as a geography teacher, so I'd have a little bit of mapping skills. So mm. sat down with the graph pad very rudimentarily and drew out the plans without actually naming the rooms for what they were and said, well, how would it be? The kitchen currently is down the south end, but how would it be if we moved the kitchen down to what was the formal living room? Or how would it be if the kitchen was right in the centre of the house? Yeah, you really have to detach yourself from the house and what you know to be the house and, and, and go afresh. Yeah. Um, like I know well, we renovated our house um, a year and a half ago and uh, and we lived in the house for, for six months during during the lockdown. And uh, and we had some attachment because it was a lockdown, uh, a holiday almost mm. um, uh, living in, in a house we just bought. It was mm. so new to us. Um, but we had a little bit of attachment because it was a, it was a kind of cottage as well. Yeah. Um, well, it was a cottage. Mm. Um but like you say, when you, there's I, I personally, I think there's pros and cons to mm-hmm. living in a house yeah. um, like in our situation. We lived uh, if, if I had if I hadn't lived there, I probably would have designed it slightly differently. Mm-hmm. Um, having lived there, there was little nuances that I really only appreciate having yeah. lived there. But as you rightly say, you do have to step back a little bit because you can get a little bit closed into yes. what's so familiar to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think particularly in terms of the living space downstairs, um, I know when you came out with Cheap Irish Homes, you know, we talked about the fact that you have that central entry point with the two quite quite significant size rooms either side. A real you know, Georgian layout, setup. Real yeah. Georgian yeah. setup, you yeah. know, very traditional setup in that regard. Um, you know, 
we definitely did look at if either of those rooms could be the kitchen come diner. Yeah, I suppose like the thing you're you're always looking at when you're building or renovating house mm. is um, is you know you've you've design aspirations yeah. and you've a budget and you're yeah. kind of going well I could do this but it doesn't meet the budget I could do this which meets the budget but it isn't great Absolutely. and how do you find the balance so it's yeah. it's value a lot of people uh, think of cost the whole time of cost is of course very important but yeah. at the end of the day value is so much important. Uh, are so important and, mm. you, and you need to drive value yeah. um, and I suppose like when you think of I'm familiar with your house of course mm. um, having been there with cheap Irish homes and I, I know your outhouses and where they are yeah. I suppose whenever I'd be designing a house I'm always conscious of um, like how far away is the kitchen from the hallway because yes. I always picture it's lashing rain and you're, going, you're running into the hallway with your, yeah. your bags of shopping yeah. and, uh, and you need to get to the kitchen and quickly yes. so the further away the kitchen is I always like to have it reasonably near the hallway mm. which is of course where you, where you have it now mm. um, so tell me what condition was the house in when you um, when you got there first before you did anything yeah I suppose we were very lucky because structurally it was very sound and it is very sound um, the roof is in very good nick um, you know the, the walls it's a stone built house that has walls three feet four feet thick on the gables um, which provoked the, their own challenges so it was really structurally sound um, I think some of the challenges for us were the fact that we we needed to look beyond the structure of the four walls and the roof. We needed to look at electrics and make sure that everything was okay because I think with any house where you have different ages and stages um, and different works having happened at different stages as well, you want to make sure yeah. that it's safe. You know, that, and that people aren't just adding on spec. and adding on to the old electrical system Absolutely. and whereas you might see a new wire here <laughs> actually there's a black wire that's just around the corner exactly and, yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it and there was a bit of that there was a lot of checking that needed yeah. to be done there um, plumbing was a bit of a, a challenge mm. for us really mm. um, we knew that that was going to be a big investment the original house with the, the two large rooms downstairs and the what would it what it is three bedrooms upstairs um, there was plumbing in part of it which had been added in the 1970s but then in one of the living rooms and in the master bedroom actually upstairs there was absolutely no heating system so that was a challenge and that was also the north facing end of the house so not great Um, and there was a bit of a mix going on so you had some electric storage heaters in part of the house and then the old kitchen the bedroom and the bedroom above and the utility out the back were um, powered by uh, Waterford Stanley range so a mixture of oil and um, old fashioned storage heaters we did a lot of investigating. We got a couple of quotations and um, we very early eliminated um, the heat pump system because mm. it just wasn't going to be Huge feasible with the age yeah. of the house. Yeah, yeah. Huge investment. Um, and then we started looking, I suppose, at more traditional oil fired systems expanding on that. Um, we realised, though, that we were going to have to do an awful lot of channeling, an awful lot of, you know, groundworks and things like that. Um, I suppose like when I look at a house to begin with like a house of, of mm. your house's age yeah. I mean you're always looking to make sure you have a good structure because yeah. 
I mean, you'll all, you'd always know going in, okay, the electrics are going to have a question mark. Yeah. You might be able to rescue some of them or none mm. of them. The yeah. chances are of, of them all being rescuable or negligible mm. um, because you'll you're probably be changing things anyway. So you're going to straight away be adding yes. electrics then. Yeah. Uh, the plumbing is it has an even higher chance of mm. not being rescuable. Mm. Um, and then you're looking at windows. Um, you're, they that may or may not work. If they're an mm. old sash window, you might, even though it's single glazed, I know you have a beautiful old uh, Georgian um, facade. If, but if they're an old sash window, you might try and keep them. They're seeing yeah. it lays and in good condition. And of course, you're, you're almost discounting any level of insulation because mm-hmm. there's it, probably reasonably negligible. Mm-hmm. But you also looked at the space of the house and you're familiar with it from, mm-hmm. from having um, from having been over there with Jer on mm-hmm. holidays and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and tell me, how did, how, how did you decide on the, um, the um, sorting out the kitchen space you were talking about? So I suppose we, having looked at all the different options downstairs, um, we decided based on the orientation of the house, really, that we wanted to go at the southern um, end of the house. You know, it's it's we all live in our of kitchens course, yeah. these days. Um, so we wanted to, to go out that end. Um, the the layout was such that the, the old kitchen was on the southern gable but there was no south facing windows. Oh so there was God. one small door. Um, I suppose light wasn't the priority, you know, and uh, that end of the house faces out into the farmyard. So I suppose that farmyard now isn't an active farmyard. So it's easier to, to look at it in a romantic manner, whereas it was a very functional thing mm. um, in its day. So, um, yeah, the, the it was actually the, the kitchen maker that suggested going out through the gable, expanding out in a linear fashion um, in order to, to pull in as much light right the way through the day, through the east, south and west. Um, and he also suggested the broken plan. Um, he, he really came up with two ideas for us, a very open plan kitchen where you had the existing old kitchen merging with the new section or a broken plan whereby you retained a sense or a strong sense of the floor plan of the original kitchen, but then expanded through the gable on two sides, leaving the range cooker in the centre. And we really liked that idea of retaining the old kitchen as our dining space with the range and that kind of, I always call the range like a hug in the kitchen. I think there's something about it, especially in an old farmhouse. Yeah, and I suppose you're you're looking to to link in with the old house as well. And um, obviously you have to be sensitive of of your husband's connection with the old house and and your own connection to the old house as well and linking into that. Um, I suppose when you look at old Georgian houses, um, they're beautiful on the outside mm. and they're beautiful if you walk through on the inside, there's a little mm. bit grandeur and everything else. But mm. but the big difference between uh, houses that were built in the olden days mm-hmm. and how are designed in the olden days and houses that are designed now is a good house now should be designed from the inside out. Yes. Whereas in the olden days, they used to design houses from the outside in. Yeah. And uh, when you look at the Georgian house, it's beautiful on the outside and typically it's one big square. Yeah. Um, and of course, it doesn't necessarily take any count of uh, of where the sun rises, where the sun sets and all that sort of things. So like when you looked at your house, I mean, your kitchen designer gave you great advice because like Mm -hmm. when you're looking at the southern elevation, which is where most of your daylight is, um, you want to be maximizing um, the, the, the sunlight um, because like you'll be spending most of your time, as you say, in a, in a modern living space, yeah. an open plan space, which is w- where we all typically spend our time now. Mm-hmm. And now you've access to southerly light and yeah. um, and you were saying that you're near the old farmyard. So you're able to mm-hmm. kind of 
to to pour out into where the yeah. the outhouses and the, exactly. the courtyard and all that were yeah. so uh, so a great bit of advice there yeah it really was so really um was. so you got the advice you thought mm. okay this is this is where we're going and what was mm. the next step? did you have to go for planning permission or we didn't actually um so we had we had sourced at this stage i suppose we had our our kitchen maker on board we had our building company on board and i suppose a critical piece of work in that i feel and I suppose a tip that I would give is that if you're dealing with an older house, make sure that you are taking on tradespeople or a building company if you're going that more, that less direct labour route that have experience in dealing with older houses. Okay. Because I suppose, like you said a couple of minutes ago there, Kieran, you know, when something goes wrong, things go wrong on all projects. But yeah. there's probably a higher risk factor with an older house because once yeah. you start opening walls and things, you really don't know what you're going to find. And, you're yeah. dealing with old stonework and so on. So, um, yeah, we, we really felt comfortable um, based on the experience of the, the building company. The building started in August 2021. Um, I suppose we're lucky in that both Ger and I um, work in secondary schools. So we had the month of July to play with. So we got a certain amount of in the bedrooms, for example, we got a certain amount of the visual work that needed to be done. So we got painting done. We got that kind of the lower level stuff done mm. to get us started um, before the, the builders arrived on site. Um, even though once they started the whole place, you know, look, it took an awful lot to bring it back to where it I was, was in June. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, was, you were optimistic kind of a, starting a the going painting. forward and then going about, yeah. you know, two steps forward and 10 steps backwards. But it it kind of worked eventually. Um, but once the builders came on site, they were due to arrive mid-July. They were delayed until early August. They started in early August and we were in with 99% of everything that we wanted to achieve or expected to achieve, achieved by Christmas 2021. So That's that was going. phenomenal going. And of yeah. course, there's nothing a builder loves more than being told we want to be in by Christmas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, you can't God. move Christmas. It's the stereotype, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is the big stereotype. So tell me, so you did the extension. Mm. Um, what else was done to the house? So we did the extension, which obviously tore the whole dining room apart as well. Um, we completely um, reinvigorated the bathroom, completely changed the layout, ripped everything out there in terms of plumbing and started from scratch, changed the floor plan and so on um, and everything that goes with that. So that room was basically gutted. Um, the same thing with regard to the ensuite in the master bedroom. So completely changed the layout there, pulled everything out and started from scratch. I suppose one thing I'm conscious, like you're talking about, you'd moved a few mm. toilets and mm. bathroom. Like, Showers, baths, everything. Um, like I'm never too vexed by moving a bedroom because a bedroom and a sitting room are almost the same room. They're four yeah. walls with skirting board and a yeah. window and whatever. You, yeah. Um, but you start moving bathroom wear and toilets. And what yeah. it, you, had you to move sewers? Um, we didn't have to move sewers. Um, we were lucky in that regard. Um, but there, there was a lot of creative engagement I would say needed by the plumber the plumber working in collab with the the builders yeah. you know um we did have to look at um our main family bathroom is located on the turn of our stairs at the back of the house so it would have been an addition to the house because obviously there wouldn't have been an indoor toilet you yeah, know in, back in course, the Georgian yeah. era yeah. Um, so it was an addition um so one of the things we we wanted to look at was was it structurally 
okay, you know, were the timbers there that were going to be propping yeah. up my lovely bats? Yeah, you know, was course, I going to yeah. was I going to come down through and of them? Of course, when you fit a bat with with all the um, with, with filling it with water, I mean, absolutely, that's a, that's a, yeah, there's a ton weight. In yes, that. yeah. So uh, so, so there was a, kind of looking at the structure, looking at the timbers that were there, checking did we need to reinforce anything? Um, we were okay on the sewers front. We were lucky in that regard. Um, but yeah, the the bathroom and the ensuite ended up being quite an expense for sure. Yeah. Because like, I mean, from my point of view, I always tell clients like the most expensive room to move is a bathroom because mm. um, like you were lucky, but mm. you often have to move sewers. And if you're renovating an old house, you could be moving, you could be certainly tying into a clay sewer. A clay sewer can be problematic. Um, so you might have to rip out all the sores yeah. and uh, and take them way out down the garden, kind of out of harm's way. Yeah. And of course, depending, like if you have concrete floors, you're hacking up concrete to get mm. at the sores. If you have a suspended timber floor, you're losing all your lovely old floorboards. That's it. Um, so it's very invasive work. Mm. And uh, and every time you move a toilet and redecorate a toilet, it's the highest cost per square meter room in the house because oh, yeah. you have tiling on the walls, you have tiling yeah. on the floors. Uh, you have maybe two grand's worth of bathroom wear, three grand's worth of bathroom wear, depending on, on what you're doing. Mm. Uh, you have showers, you have all the plumbing, you have yeah. uh, dedicated electrics going to your showers, you have an electric shower. Yeah. So, so I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be going into moving a bathroom without without my eyes opening. You certainly, yes, but yes. Uh, but it's all worked for you anyway. Clearly. Oh, it yeah. has. Yeah, it's worked yeah. out very well. So we came across Electricast radiators. Um, they're, they're run electrically. They're anyway. run electrically. Yeah. 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 yeah, you can plug them in. Um, you can hardwire them in your bathrooms, mm. um, and they are. Ver- they operate really, really well. I suppose one of my big worries with electric radiators was, oh my god, is the bill just going to be crazy? Electrical radiators have dramatically pro- improved in the last even mm. five years. I mean, yeah. we, we've all known the of the storage radiators, which which weren't the worst, but mm. there was older electrical radiators then were a bit of a disaster. But mm. um, I suppose like and OK, your electrical bills will be up a fair bit this year because everyone's electrical bills are coming be, up. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose one option you potentially have there um, is photovoltaic okay. panels because Okay, your bills, like like us all, will, will be well up mm. this year just because of the energy crisis. Mm. But with photovoltaic panels, because your heating is largely electric, yeah. the photovoltaic solar panels actually generate electricity. Yeah. No, they don't come. They're, they're an expensive of outlay course. to begin with. You could be spending eight, ten thousand euros, mm. but it's an initial down payment. You get a grant mm. uh, for them. And uh, of course, when you have those panels, they will generate electricity. Now, they generate mm. a, an awful lot in the summer, more than you'll need. Yes. And they generate less in the winter when you'll need it most. Yeah. But you can sell the excess uh, in the summer back to the ESB okay. or you can store it in batteries um, for, for use at night and whatever you are in, in. Depending on your heating setup and the, the photovoltaic setup, you can actually import some of the um, stored energy as heat for your, for your um, hot water storage system, okay. depending okay. on how you set it up. Um, and tell me, so you're painting a, an idyllic picture of um, oh a, a building project that went swimmingly well. <laughs> you didn't need planning. Uh, everything ran smoothly. You got in by Christmas. Was there any low points or things that didn't so quite work out as planned? It really, it wasn't idyllic. Um, I suppose we decided to live on site, um, which was a practical decision because we didn't want to be wasting money renting. You know, um, and we also felt confident in our builders that they would deliver for us by Christmas. So we felt it's only going to be six months. Well, they had how much bad, chance when you were living in the house, watching yeah, them every yeah, day. Yeah, Two school yeah. teachers. How yeah. bad can it be? Yeah, yeah. I know nightmare scenario, yeah, right, yeah, for tradespeople. Yeah, yeah. um, 
But uh, Were you doing roll calls in the morning when everyone walked in? No, definitely no <laughs> roll calls. No, definitely roll, no roll calls. Though there were a good number, a good share of days now, particularly as they were, you know, trying to get through four feet thick of Georgian stone, you know, to, to break through between the, the dining room that I landed. I do remember landing home one day and saying, oh, my goodness, this is phenomenal. And they just all simultaneously shot me a look as if to say, don't even come in through the door please go away and let us out what we're at you know um, me and my naive enthusiasm <laughs> there's a low point exactly uh, bur- bursting all of my my, yeah. my dreams about uh, how idyllic it was going to be no I suppose you know it wasn't idyllic living on site in the midst of that isn't pleasant um, trying to keep the dust the down dust, must have been the dirt. Um, you know they were great in that you know they, they kind of worked in such a way to allow us retain a cooker in the kitchen and a fridge for as long as they possibly could but there did come a point then that that just all had to go by the wayside so for me one of the low points was barbecuing on a small travel gas barbecue in I think it was late November in the dark Uh, it was just miserable out in one of the outhouses Um, (laughs) like there were a lot of takeaway nights there was a lot of that kind of thing and to be honest you know, that's a cost when you're in the middle yeah. of a, a build as well. That's a cost. But I mean, I think that's something that, that should be mentioned to our listeners as well. Like, I mean, I know as a building contractor and having spoken to other contractors, like, whereas mm. you are saving on rent mm. when you're living on site, there's mm. a, a world of headache. Mm. Um, there's a world of stress. Oh, yeah. And a builder will charge you less if you're not living on site. That's very interesting. So, um, it, it, like, if they have a vacant house where they can just go in and plow into it, they don't have to worry about yeah. raising dust uh, when you're there. They don't have to worry about whether you need to be using the heating at night um, or whether you need to be using the, 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 the water is cut mm. off or the electricity or whatever. Mm. They can just plow in and do it to their program rather than to do it to yep. a combined program. Yep. There is a cost to that. Mm. Um, and I suppose, look, that that's something. No, it depends on the project. Some projects are much more geared to it than others. Yes. But it's maybe something worth worth considering. Yeah, it's really um, interesting. And was there anything else that was of a, a, a challenge, or like what did you learn um, yourself going through I the project? The, the that, that you challenge. might have foreseen. Yeah, the big challenge for us, I suppose, was timing. Um, you know, now that we're coming out of COVID, I don't know if any of us want to revisit it, but it was a COVID project. Um, so there was a degree of uncertainty as to when we'd managed to get the move done. When would we manage to get the project rolling? Were we going to get caught up in the midst of lockdowns and things like that? Now, luckily, um, the way the timing ended up going for us with the move happening in mid-2021, um, we were kind of coming out the far end, so we didn't end up caught in awful circumstances like some people did with lockdowns mm. and delays and things like that. It could have been far worse. Um, but I think that uncertainty that hung in the air was a stress factor. Yeah. Definitely. There's no doubt about that. Um Aside from that, it was the day to day thing. It was the, as you said, the are we going to have power on to put the washing machine on? Are we going to have clean clothes leaving? I remember leaving are we the going kids to have running loo, water in the running loo? Running water in the <laughs> yeah, loo, those yeah, kinds of yeah. things, making sure you had your gallon drums of water just in case. Um, I remember leaving the kids' uniforms out on a ledge one day um, and coming back and just they were, you know, they didn't quite have to go to the bin, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you learn by they your mistakes. The so they certainly had to go to the washing machine. No the the washing. Washing. <laughs> exactly. There was all of that kind yeah, of thing. And that's yeah. a stress. Yeah. That's a stress on relationships yeah. and that's a yeah. stress on kids. And, you yeah. know, you do have to factor that kind of thing yeah. in as well, you know, yeah. much and all as you think you're going to take it on the chin and it's a limited yeah. thing and it's all going to be ideal. Initially, it's a bit fabulous. of fun, but after a while, oh, it, man, really it wears on you. It does. Yeah. It grates yeah. on you. Yeah. So if you're if you're doing it all again, right, 
Is there anything you do differently? Um, I'd certainly do it all again. You know, um, we don't have any regrets in that regard. Is there anything that I would do differently? I think I would. I think I would possibly try to factor in the solar panels as part of the initial build. Um, it was something that from an our very early stage, we um, we thought, no, that's down the line. Um, you know, we'll we'll come back to that. And I think knowing what I know now, particularly even in the space of time since last Christmas, the way things have gone with the, the energy crisis and mm. the increase in prices and all the rest, um, I think we could have been wise to include that as part of the initial programme of work and maybe make compromises on decor and things like that. Well, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people know are actively thinking about solar mm. panels um, mm. because of the energy crisis and yeah. because they know their electrical bills are going to dramatically in increase and they're not going to turn around and, you know, retrofit an air to water system to their mm. house, which could be, mm -hmm. you know, 30, 40, 50 grand, whereas 7, 8, 9, 10 grand for um, some level of photovoltaic and the roof is very doable. I suppose the only thing to remember about photovoltaic is if the budget is there, um, there is grant money for mm. a, a, a mm -hmm. couple of thousand or a bit over a couple of thousand. Yeah. Um, there is grant money available and it's 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 not invasive in the slightest really to, yeah. to retrofit True, it to your house. I mean, it, it could very well be fitted in a matter of days once mm. once you've um, people appointed and everything else. Mm -hmm. um, and there are SEI grants, as we said, for yes. it, but you have to use a registered contractor. So yeah. it's, it's kind of well worth keeping in mind. Mm. Um is there anything else you'd change? Would you would you live in the house again? Doing I think. It all again? Uh, I think. Yeah. I think moving into the house was one thing, but I think what we could have done was in the height of it, maybe um, taken a month long period just to step back and say no. Actually, let's just let you push on and and get on with it because there was a month long period that was just deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and the time of year, you know, it was yeah. you know November. The temperatures were cold. It yeah. was a little bit miserable. Yeah. So I think from from everybody's point of view, um, I think it would have been a more positive move to move out for a month, even if it was just to move in with family or you know if it was a shorter term proposition. I think that would have been much more manageable and made life easier. And is there any tips you'd give someone um, outside of your own learning? Is there any tips you'd give someone starting a journey like yours? Um, Renovating an old Georgian house, shall tips, I say? Um, a couple of them, I suppose. The first one would be to not underestimate the cost of, of you know, the legals and the professional fees associated with what we did, I suppose, which was a, a swap and a transfer okay. of properties. Um, that was a significant cost. And it's funny, actually, watching the episode of Cheaper, Cheap Irish Homes recently, um, we went through some of the, the costings, you know, and uh, a really interest. I, I found the way that you put it really interesting that we had spent a certain amount on the original house and actually a larger figure on the extension itself which is interesting in itself but part of that budget or part of the quoted budget for the original house would have been the legal side of the transfer and things like that and it was quite significant mm. we we certainly underestimated it um, and as a result of underestimating it 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 ate into certain parts of our budget then as well and and limited what we could and couldn't do um, in other rooms so don't underestimate that side of it would be one piece of advice um, don't underestimate the the mortgage side of it now I mean we had a mortgage we brought our mortgage with us from um, our original house to the house that we've moved into um, and negotiate with the bank you know mm. don't be afraid to go in and state your case you know I think 
I suppose we're lucky because we are both public sector workers and we have great job security. There's no two doubts about that. And from that point of view, I suppose a bank will see you as being a very viable customer. Um, We moved off a tracker mortgage, which was, you know, a big decision to make. Um, But we negotiated hard with the bank. And in negotiating hard with the bank, we got a tracker plus one deal. So what it meant was that when we transferred our mortgage, our existing mortgage to the new property um, and when we had to borrow, obviously, for the work that we wanted to do, when we combined those two um, debts, the bank eventually were willing to offer us the tracker rate, the ECB tracker rate. Plus one percent. Okay, so it's which like a still, hybrid. Tracker. It's like a yeah. hybrid tracker, exactly. Okay. So you're not quite retaining your tracker rate, um, but it's only one percent. You're not quite losing it either, you know. Um, so it's only one percent on top. The other piece of advice, I suppose, that I would give people, and um, this is where you know I got great enjoyment out of the project as well. I, like I love decor, I love interiors, I love those kind of fun bits, um, the, but. What we did to really extend our budget was we sourced an awful lot of our decor, our furniture, our furnishings, etc. Second hand. And it stretched the budget absolutely hugely. It really did. I know like when I look at an old house and of course I've been to your house. Mm. I mean, when I look at a house that age, the two things I'm most worried about or concerned about Mm. or check as I'm walking around is like you're dealing with stone, Mm -hmm. the random rubble stone in the Mm -hmm. walls. So if you're like you you knocked an in, well, an end gable wall, so you have to go to four foot stone. Going through stone is a nightmare. Um, Mm. Going through block is an awful lot easier because Mm. um, you start taking away a few stones out of an old wall and next minute the whole wall comes down or half the wall can come down to meet you. Um, And of course, the other thing is you're dealing with old timber in an old house. Um, And for me, I'm always looking at are are the the rafters and the joists Mm. uh, in your roof, are they all in good condition? Um, and your first floor and maybe even the ground floor if you've suspended floors which which you likely have in an old building like that um, in a roof there are roof specialist companies who will go up and they'll do a survey of your roof timbers um, and they'll make sure that all your roof timbers are in good work in or, working order because it's, mm-hmm. it's a very specialised endeavour endeavor whole timber science mm-hmm. and it's something that even moves beyond a standard civil engineering um, it's mm-hmm. specialty and if there is any kind of woodworm or if there's any kind of dry rot or wet rot or whatever these companies will actually go in they'll treat it and they'll give a warranty for it so, so that, that's a it's, it's not a it's by no means a free service but, mm-hmm. but it's very valuable and uh, it's something that will kind of keep me up all night in, in an old building Yes. and of course you have things like old like we mentioned earlier on old sewers they could be clay sewers I'd mm-hmm. always get those looked at mm-hmm. I would tend to discount kind of plumbing and electrical because they're, they're, they're at a stage where you're going to be upgrading as you yes. move things and extend and all that mm. um, but um, but uh, but then of course at the end of the project and again I've seen your house you end up with a beautiful old house mm. uh, with all the old character and the old rooms uh, and the old joinery and the stairs and everything else mm-hmm. um, and of course you have the beautiful new living space which is yeah. which is a lovely addition to have as well and brings modern living into an old yeah, building and again you're starting to you're starting the beginnings of designing the house from the inside out rather than mm-hmm. the typical old way that they, they did in Georgian area of, um, of designing from the outside in mm-hmm. so um so, so you're in the house now as as of last Christmas. Since well, I suppose in since June before, but in with with you know uh, in livable uh, condition and um, with with everything pretty well finished uh, since Christmas, and it's been functioning really well. You know, we're still we're feeling our way into it. We're still kind of playing around with room layouts and things like that a little bit and tweaking things in places. Um, 
Thank you very much for, for joining You're us on the welcome. podcast. Um, it's an amazing story. And like I, I know from just talking to you at, at, on Cheap Irish Homes, like you've done it for incredible, um, incredibly, you've, you've driven great value in your project. Mm. Um, you have a wonderful home now, of course. And um, and for you might be handing it on to generation number six or seven yeah, or who knows how, how all that's going to work. Yeah, so uh, so it's a lovely, interest, yeah. it's a lovely, lovely family story um, yeah. down in um down in East Cork. Um, I wish you the very best. Um, I've, I, I, I must pop in someday for coffee when, when, I, when I'm passing yeah, and, um, and say hello to Jura and, and all the family for me. Yeah. And, uh, and thanks very much for joining us. Thanks a million for having me. So, uh, so a wonderful story from Sharon um, and, and her beautiful family home down in Ladiesbridge in East Cork. Um, just goes to show you what you can do for, for remarkably good budgets. But you, you really have to love doing that kind of work. Um, you have to love the old houses. You have to be able to, to stomach living in the old house with all the dust and the poor school uniforms needing to be washed at the last minute before the kids can go to school and, uh, and cooking by candlelight in the depths of winter and all that. I mean, you really have to love, love, what, love, love the house and be able to see the finishing line and, and to, to have a vision for what it's going to look like. But, but when you do, I mean, it's amazing what you can achieve. So tune in next week and we'll have another exciting podcast. So uh, talk to you then.